Welcome to podcast number 44 of Safe Dividend Investing. My name is Ian Duncan MacDonald. I am the author of several investment books. Tonight we are going to be reviewing four questions. First question, where would I find the right broker to take my inheritance of $10 million and double it in 10 years? It is not a question of finding the right broker. It is a question of finding a broker you can trust. A broker is not required to invest the $10 million. You are capable of doing it yourself as a self-directed investor. This would save you at least $100,000 each year in investment charges. Furthermore, you would know exactly what you were invested in and why you were invested in it. This is important, as advisors tend to put money into investments that may be in their best interests, but not necessarily in yours. If you invested $500,000 equally in 20 financially strong stocks paying high dividends, that would be over 3.5%, you should be able to double the money in five years, not 10 years. That is, if you are prepared to invest much of the dividend income after you've taken enough out of the dividends to live well. What is good about investing in financially strong stocks paying high dividends is that it gives you three sources of income. Such stocks have continuously increased their share prices. They continually increase their dividend payouts and you get the regular dividend payouts even during recessions and market crashes. The interesting thing is that before you buy any of these stocks, you can look back over the easily available historical data and see how the share prices and dividend payouts have been paid for decades. Spreading your money among 20 stocks makes for a safe portfolio. If any of the stocks should ever deviate from their historical patterns of behavior, the gains and the other 20 stocks would make it irrelevant. I have successfully invested this way for 17 years. If you want some insights into identifying financially strong companies paying high dividends, you can review the material in my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. Question number two. How do you determine why a stock price has increased? There is no why to explain why a stock's price increased or decreased. The stock market is an auction vehicle in which optimists buy stocks and pessimists sell stocks. Unless there is a buyer for a pessimist selling bid, the transaction cannot be completed. The pessimists who, for whatever real or imagined belief, perceives the value of a stock as less than its current price, must keep lowering the price until an optimist 
seize the price as a bargain or at a price at which an optimist believes it can only go up. Since there may be thousands of optimists and pessimists bidding against each other on the same stock, it is impossible to accurately determine what a stock's price will be at any given time in the future. Thus, this interaction between optimists and pessimists controls share prices. Question number three. Why do investors waste their money investing in penny stocks? I have a friend who will invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in a penny stock. He will buy a stock for 15 cents a share and fret over every half cent gain or loss. He has made hundreds of thousands of dollars from some penny stocks. He has also lost money on some, but overall he is ahead. He often tries to get me to invest in these low price stocks. I run them through my scoring software and they usually will score less than 20 out of a possible 100, which means I will not even consider them. Once in a while, he clues me into one that scores in the mid-50s. At such a time, I may well buy into it. One such stock was Summit Industries. I bought 2,000 shares of it within the last few years at around $2 a share. I sold it yesterday for $21.97 a share. Why did I sell it? Because I live off my dividends. It was paying a good dividend of around 6% when I bought it. However, as share prices increase, dividend percentages fall unless more money is paid out in dividends. In this case, it is now paying 2.57%. Thus, I had an asset now worth $43,900 putting a little cash in my pocket every month. So I sold it and spread that money among three stocks already in my portfolio, paying dividends between 5% and 8.5%. Interestingly, one of these stocks is another inexpensive stock, which I bought at $4.87 per share. Its score was 54. It had a price-to-earnings index of 9.0. The operating margin was 39.67%. Six analysts expect it to go higher. Its book value was $8.91, and it paid a dividend through the 2020 market crash. I don't care if a stock is a penny stock or a blue chip stock. If its score is good and it has paid an ever-increasing dividend payout for years, with an ever-increasing share price, it is going to get my attention. Very few penny stocks score over 50. I know from having scored thousands of stocks that I am far more likely to see a $2 stock increase by 10 times than a $50 stock. I also know trying to find a blue chip stock paying more than a 1% dividend is rare. I do have several stocks costing over $100 in my portfolio, 
that anchor it. These are often stocks I bought for around $50 many years ago. They score in the high 60s and 70s. I've only seen one company ever score high, higher than an 82. They pay the same 35 to 5% dividend they have always paid, but the actual cash payout I receive from each is now several thousand dollars more each year because these stocks raise their dividend payouts to coordinate them with their ever-increasing share prices. I'm not investing for capital gain. I'm investing for income. But the strange thing is that my portfolio is more than 300% larger and still growing than when I became a self-directed investor 17 years ago when I retired. My background was building commercial risk scoring systems. Stocks, to me, are just another form of commercial risk. Penny stocks are not a waste of time. They are just a stock. While they may be small, some are financially quite strong. You just need to be able to recognize their financial strength. Most stocks selling for hundreds or even thousands of dollars were at one time a penny stock. Question number four. If profits are really controlled by a company's executive, is the job of those executives to maximize company profits or is it to maximize shareholder value? A speculator maximizes shareholder value by buying a stock at a low price and selling it at a much higher price so he can pocket the rich profits. However, the stock market is an auction vehicle in which optimists buy stocks and pessimists sell stocks. Unless there is a buyer for a pessimist selling bid, the transaction cannot be completed. The pessimist who, for whatever real or imagined belief, perceives the value of a stock as less than its current price, must keep lowering the price until an optimist sees the price as a bargain or at a price at which an optimist believes it can only go up. Since there may be thousands of optimists and pessimists bidding against each other on a stock, it is impossible to accurately determine what a stock price will be at any given time in the future. Thus, this interaction between optimists and pessimists controls share prices. However, speculators do not control the profits of a company. Profits are controlled by the company's executives. From profits are paid dividends. Thus, in a market crash, you can have pessimists drive the share prices down by 50%, but a company can keep paying its regular monthly dividends out of its profits because they are not impacted by pessimistic speculators. The executives see their primary purpose as being to maximize 
the company's profits. Such profitable companies' share prices in time reach new record highs after a market crash. Time is a smart investor's friend. They do not sell the shares of financially strong companies paying high dividends in a market crash. This would be the worst possible time to sell shares. They live on their dividends because they know that profitable companies recover in time. Thus, if you carefully choose stocks that you never intend to sell or need to sell, you need never suffer a loss. Your portfolio grows because the shares of such companies can rise for decades. Their dividend payout can be rise even faster and you always have those steady dividends. There are some cynics who believe that the sole job of the executive is to maximize shareholder value, thus greatly increasing expenses to drive sales growth at the expense of profits or selling off a profitable division to show a one-time profit or paying outsized dividend payouts to stop share prices falling is what the shareholders, the owners of the company expect. At least that's what they think. With this objective in mind, the executives are rewarded with stock options by the company's directors who are elected by the shareholders. These rewards, which are only paid if shares increase in value, align the executives with the interest of the shareholders to see ever-increasing share prices, even if these actions damage the long-term health and profits of the company. I disagree with this line of thinking, and my experience has shown that most companies act in the long-term best interest of a company. Making a profit is never easy, but I doubt if there is a chief executive of any corporation, public or not, who does not know that if he is unable to make a profit for the corporation, that he will be replaced by someone who has a better chance to make a profit. Without profits, businesses fail. They go bankrupt. They get sold off at bargain basement prices to competitors. If you are a senior executive with bottom line responsibility for your operation inside a large multinational public corporation employing thousands of people, you spend days arguing for more of a share of the company's profits from the previous year to spend on achieving higher sales and bigger profits for the next year and the future. These executives control profits with their decisions as to how many people to hire to produce products for the least amount of cost, which new technologies to take a gamble on, which new products to introduce, which operations to shut down, and so on. Although there may be a stock option plan that could put many thousands of dollars in their pockets, if the share price objective is realized, executives know that at best 
They can only influence share prices. They know they cannot control share prices. Speculators control share prices. The executive knows that their job is to achieve the sales and profit objectives in a budget that their chief executive officer and the chief financial officer have agreed on. Speaking from personal experience as an executive, if you get into the year and profits are lagging, that is when to reach profit objectives, you start laying off people, freezing hiring, cutting down in entertainment and travel expenses, increasing prices if your product has enough demand, or cutting prices if it will increase sales, introducing new products to offset sales drains to competitors who are taking a bigger share of your market. There is always a smaller, hungrier competitor willing to produce a product for a lower price. Capitalists dwell in the harsh, cold reality of a competitive world. As a senior vice president, I did not dwell on my stock option reward, no matter how much the shareholders who gave me this incentive may have wanted me to. I was too absorbed in meeting the profit and sales figure objectives for this year and setting up better results for the following years. The belief was that if your objectives that had been set many months before could be met, that the share prices would increase and the stock option bonuses would be paid. But it is impossible to allow for unexpected changes in the economic climate, laws, pandemics, and so on. Thus, you were constantly adjusting your operation to meet new and unexpected challenges to reaching those profit figures. Yes, there are some chief executive officers who think they are very clever by taking lagging company profits and instead of paying dividends or investing in the corporation, they buy back shares with those profits on the open market to create the illusion in the marketplace of a supply shortage for those shares. This hopefully dries up share prices so they can realize their stock option bonuses. They are not doing it for the shareholders. They're doing it for their own selfish interests. They often manage to convince shareholders that it is more tax efficient for them than paying them dividends. This is the daddy knows best style of management. These are often chief executive officers who have seen that a board of directors is elected that will provide them with a wonderful stock option plan. This works well in companies without any significant major shareholders to act as a break on chief executive greed. A company can pay a price for playing such a game of manipulation of share prices. The money that should have gone into new technologies or enhancements in the lagging company went into their executive pockets. Not having invested in the future, but in a short-term selfish gain, the corporation is now in a weakened position and share prices 
will begin to tumble in the following years. At this point, some of the executives, seeing the writing on the wall, bail out and take their manipulative stock option skills elsewhere. There is a reason why share buybacks were regarded as an illegal form of stock manipulation from the 1930s until the 1980s. That's all for tonight, folks. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. Thank you.